Marvel and DC are the two biggest publishers of comics in the world and own the most valuable IP for the most popular characters in film, superheroes. In an arguably increasingly digital world where paper prices are rising and comics struggle to find new viewers, would publishing comics be easier for the big two if they just didn't have to publish them physically? Secretly want to get out of the physical comics business. And what would happen if they did? That's what we're here to talk about up front on the show today. We've got a full cast. Kale. What's up, hot dogs? Marco. Super! Tyler. I just cringed so hard. It was... Uh, I'm clenched <laughs> to a point that's for my. That, that's for the minions. Oh, they don't I, like it. They all left. If any were left, they... They're flocking. Skedaddled. I'm Sean. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. We've got a lot to get into. Uh, let's dive right into the main subject. So this subject evolved in my mind as I was researching it and as I was preparing for the show, because the question that we're asking here and answering the question at hand is do marvel and dc comics want to get out of the physical comic space do they want that to die would it be easier for them if that's what happened but as i was researching for this the question evolved in my mind because it almost it almost became more like and this is something that you know, we talk about a lot on the show, but even in doing my research, it almost became like, would that even would that would that not be the same thing as just saying, all right, we, we're done with comics? Mm. Mm. Because close, yeah, <clears throat> it it's it's actually crazy how bad that seems like it would be. But before we get into like how bad it would be, let's talk about if if that's even something that they would be interested in. If Marvel and DC would be interested in going down that road. And before you guys answer that, let me set the table. Because there are, I think, some things that lead me to think that that could be possible. Or at least did before I started putting this together. So, over the last couple of years, Marvel and DC, DC in particular, have been aggressive about carving more space digitally. Um, we've seen the move with Webtoon, which was, I don't think anyone could say that it wasn't successful. The Wayne family adventures, that was really cool. And a lot of people loved it. It's just, it, it is what it is. It was great. And more. Sorry. And more than just that. I mean, they had, like, Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was an initiative that was a, a success. Um, and I think they even physically printed it or or it's coming, the Wayne family adventures, which is awesome. Um, on the other side of things, Marvel did the Infinite comic, the, in, the Infinity comic stuff, which I guess I would say was maybe less successful, but it was also not as bold. Um, and it's hard to measure the success of that because it's just a subscription service that exists anyway. Um, but the comics were fine, like, I didn't hear any complaints about them being bad. You got Jeff stuff over there, the Wolverine thing, uh, X-Men Green, 
So they did do some cool stuff in that space, and they tried and experimented. There's still more, um, too. They just announced And there's a, more. Yeah, they just yeah. announced an A-Force one yesterday. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it's ongoing. It's not a. It's not an ended thing. Both of... Well, I don't know if Webtoon is ongoing, but I know they put out a bunch of stuff. Um, Both companies also have subscription, you know, essentially streaming service concepts where they've uploaded not their entire library, but large, large, large amounts of their library in the tens of thousands for you to read at a relatively low price for what it is that you're getting. Um, And you have never been able to read comics legally as close to release physically as you can right now. Yeah. Um, it's a three-month a... window for Marvel. Okay, three months. Yeah, I was going to say there's a two- to three-month window on DC, what is it, Ultimate or whatever? Ultimate is, or Ultra, the Ultra, ultra tier okay. of the DC right. universe is as low as one month. Right. Wow, yeah. Yep. I don't see to that one. Yeah, Didn't Marco, Marvel I need like... you to get that. Oh, uh-huh, so yeah, I, can... yeah. I was going to say, I was like, oh, yeah, Kel seems to know how up-to-date it is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't um didn't Marvel even do like a day and date with like God's number one or something like that? They yeah they've they got do several do of those yeah yeah like, there yeah, are releases. some books that will just drop same day um the the Fortnite partnerships that there was like some Minecraft stuff and big big name tie-ins sometimes too. Mm-hmm. The Fortnite stuff yeah. was good actually. Phase Clan. Yeah, um, I mean those are all things that are great for Marvel and DC on the digital front. And I mean, they're pushing it closer and closer to removing any sort of exclusivity window, which really just seems to be like a, an unspoken agreement between publisher and comic book store, rather than anything that's enforced on paper. Yeah. I think it's once they get rid of once they make stuff day and date, that's where there will be issues. But it's well, that's the idea, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to make issues. No, that that's that's sort of what we're here to discuss. Yeah. Well, right, but they're making issues sure. as well as problems. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah. Issue ones, issue twos. All right, let's get it all out now. Y'all got to catch up. Yeah, I don't want to make it an issue, so I'll I'll drop it. (laughs) All right. Um, So that there's more. There's more that makes me feel like it might be something that they would want to do. Because if they did that, right? And and I saw a question in the chat about whether or not we're talking all comics or just, or like would they still put out trades? I have answers for everything. So both companies would no longer be beholden to comic book stores. They wouldn't have to worry about playing that game anymore. Uh, They wouldn't have to worry about, you know, incentive covers and variants and everything like that. Um, I mean, you could still game. You could play the game that distilleries playing and put out like variants that only a certain amount of people can buy digitally and do an NFT tie in, even though those are sort of dead. Um, but you wouldn't have to worry about printers or distributors anymore. You cut out comic book stores, printers to an extent, 
and distributors to an extent. Obviously, like they're cool with Penguin Random House. So, you know, at least in Marvel's case, there's no reason to sever that relationship. But, you know, um, they would they would cut out several middlemen and they'd be sharing in less of the money that they're making from selling comics. Uh, I mean, right now they're sharing in the profits as far as like floppies of 90 something percent of the comics that they sell. That number would drop to zero in in what I'm laying out. Um, now they could still publish some of their comics physically, but in my mind, as I'm laying this out and as I'm thinking about how this could work, they would only publish some. And when I say some, I mean like Batman in trade, in graphic novel, you know, Superman, uh, Spider-Man, the big stuff, get the biggest possible names on the biggest books, put only those out physically, go straight to the book channel. Mm-hmm. You know, no more comic book stores, go straight to the book channel, straight to Amazon and make those collectibles, you know, um, make them something that aims at the people who already prop up the industry which is the whales the people that go hard and 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 buy comics in that format the omnibuy the big stuff mm. um it would also allow them to message more clearly if they're only putting out you know i mean a handful of their stuff in physical every year as opposed to almost everything, they would be able to message easier and advertise for just those books. At least we're talking about advertising physical. And on top of that, they would they would have to they would be incentivized to advertise comics more because the only place you go to buy them is their own app if you're not talking physical, which is not even aimed at you if you're a casual fan or a would-be casual reader. That's for you to go digital. Those are the things that those are the things that I think are pluses that make this something that Marvel and DC might want to do. Does anyone else have any to add to that that I didn't catch? Uh, bundling with streaming services would be, would be beneficial as well. I know DC tried doing it with DC Universe and it had actual shows on it as well. That's right. Um, but that kind of shat the bed. But like if Warner could bundle Max with this, hey, here's this Max bundle for an extra five bucks a month. You get all of DC Comics. Marvel could do it with Disney Plus, and then mm-hmm. bake it into the app. And then you advertise your shows in with the comics, vice versa. You make your own ecosystem of your IPs, your characters, and it's a one-stop shop for everyone. That's a really good idea. That would make the um, um, what's the word the synchronization the um synergy where they put synergy thank you yeah. that would make the synergy a lot easier too i mean look yeah. at, look at netflix netflix has games on their app now on mobile devices you can play full-fledged games on the netflix app um oh. and and they're based on their tv shows like there's a chess game that's based on that uh, uh anya taylor joy chess show um, there's a Stranger oh, Things 8-bit game on there. And it all drives you to that app. I think I think that's a good idea long-term to your point on the synergy. Um, 
I think, but but I, I don't. Hmm. I've flip flopped uh, a bit on in terms of like to what extent the industry is going to die, the physical industry, I guess. And um, I've always been a proponent of digital, but I think from a revenue standpoint and and from a marketability standpoint, the it isn't about replacement as much as it is changing the format. I think Sean brought up a good point on publishing floppies. I don't think means the death of the industry. I think it means it changes and it has to grow into something else. It, it, it'll it signal the death of a comic book store and the specialty store, but I don't think the DC will therein stop publishing books. Um, and it may even be a situation of you know, you change where people get those things. Maybe you have more foot traffic at a Barnes and Nobles than you do a comic book store. And uh, you try to capitalize on that. You, you can take advantage of the largeness of the brand in the same way that they did with Webtoons from a digital perspective, um, specifically DC, where they put their works on the platform because they know that there is a high propensity of comic readers or a form of comic readers on that and they want to play into that space. And so for me, that makes sense to be able to keep the longevity of physical uh, is by moving it to a place where maybe you have less of the curated audience you currently do, but you have it in a place where you get, who knows, 10x more people passing by. And the maths of that, I think, makes sense for somebody, a passerby to pick something up or catch something off of the uh, out of a bookstore. I think People are reading less in general. So that's also something to combat. Visual media is is really appealing and um, you know you have to meet people where they are. And you also have to cater to the people um, like Sean, a never, a, a, a never digital, right? Like up until what the next, I don't know, 80 years, bro. I think I think that's probably the the time frame. And you see how that changes and how even digital changes in the future. You need to cater to those individuals because those individuals still make it to the to the store and you can't let go of those people so hmm. for me it becomes it, it becomes a transformation over the course of 50 years and uh digital is realistically what 20 years old it's young it, it still has time to grow and i don't think it means that it will overtake quite yet um and i don't think that that signals the death of a published Marvel floppy. Um, they have to figure out where else they can tap into. Yeah, I'm with you on the fact that the format needs to change first. I don't think the attention span of of uh, prospective uh, uh, digital readers is the same as people who are reading floppies in the store physically. I think, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know awesome. if you can... Go ahead, Kale. Uh, just to add on to that real quick, attention span and also like content per price. You know the the average floppy is pushing ten bucks now, and like, look, that's not the average floppy, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it, five bucks, I think is fair to say, uh, and that's yeah, that's man, that's a lot more expensive than it used to be, even in an hour. Uh, comic book reading lifetime. You know, the the content's only gone 
up a little, maybe, but the price has skyrocketed. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I don't think that that will change. Um, yeah. I don't think that that would change even if we went digital. I think, you know, we're here at $399, $499. Um, there's just no incentive to lower the price. I guess if you're no longer publishing floppies, then making them cheaper obviously makes sense to us as readers, but it certainly doesn't make sense to them. You know, um, they want to make as many dollars as they possibly can. Um, yeah, but... any any cost cutting uh, things will not be going to us. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, those are the things that I think would lead Marvel and DC to want to do this, right? Mm. But the facts and figures defy me. Mm. Mm. I I did I mean, I'm sure like there's there there are thousands of articles and things on this topic and I poured into a lot of it and I pulled numbers that we're going to address in a moment and they don't paint the picture of a digital future. They just don't. Like they don't. And I have made this argument on the podcast for years. Shit, I was going to say Marco sounded like me. Um, <laughs> and I came here today prepared to make the opposite argument. But I just can't because these numbers are so stark. So let's let's dive in. But before we do that, I want to I want to say again, hello to everybody that is watching us and listening to us live or otherwise. We're happy to have you. Make sure you hit the like button or the equivalent of that. No matter where you're listening to us, there is a way to support in that vein. Leave us a review on a podcast hosting platform. Just letting the people know that you're into what we're doing. We will be playing a round of Be The Editor later, but it's going to have a twist this time. So make sure you smash the like button so we can get to that. And a lot more fun show to come. Subscribe to us if you are not as we roll right along. I've got some numbers for you. So in 2021, the comic book industry was riding high off of the pandemic mm. because we didn't have physical stores to go to for a lot of a, 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 a large chunk of time. And even when comics were back in shops after um, after Diamond pulled the plug, even after comics were back in shop, Millions of people still weren't mobile. They weren't able to get to stores of any kind, let alone comic book shops, right? But 2021 saw people hungry to get back to stores and buying, armed with stimulus checks, and many people that were able to work from home or get to work that weren't spending their money because there wasn't anything to buy. So in 2021, comic book sales increased 48% from 2020 overall 94 million sold in 2021 versus 63 million sold in 20, which was the worst year ever for comics. Sorry, say you say those again, 93 in 2021 and 64 in 2020. I'm sorry, 94, 63. So 94, 94. 21, uh, 63, 2020. I think you just activated a Cold War agent with that. (laughs) Revenue was up 62% year over year. $2.7 billion in 2021, making that the record. 
at that time. Print comics accounted for 91% of the comic book sales. It generated 1.9 of the $27 billion. And digital comics sold less in 2021 than they did in 2020. In, in they went from they went from 12 percent to eight percent in terms of, you know, oh yeah, wow. because people were out. Yeah, the small amount of people who are like me that said, you know what, I got to get comics somehow, some way. I'll even get them physical. I mean, I'll even get mm. them digital. That those people, they said, fuck that. That's to me. That's what that four percent is. Yeah, people who were able to get back into stores, so they went. <clears throat> Does this take into account subscriptions like DC Universe and Marvel Limited? I don't know. Okay, because I'm wondering I if shortening yeah, the window from release date to that shifts digital readers to those instead of day and date purchases. Uh, but but I think also the the ability of people to purchase more because of their purchase power probably contributed to that drop not not because less people went from digital but rather I, I would argue more people in general started buying comics and more people know to buy comics in uh at shops than they do digitally so the the proportion changed but total volume probably stayed the same for digital the other one just went up hmm. okay i would i would bet there's an element of truth to what you're saying, Marco, but I would also bet you've got your Wednesday warriors that are itching to get into a comic book store. For sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I bet that fueled that percentage a lot higher. Yeah. And that's and that's 2021. 2023, man, just just for the just for the industry itself just wasn't tremendous um uh man this so go ahead sorry but but we saw this coming this was this was almost expected with regards to the the big two the the fact that they invested a bit more in terms of titles the fact that we um saw that increase so drastically because specifically of available income uh in uh during 2021 2022 this is a, a rubber banding and even when we went to the ICV2 um, panel uh, for yeah. New York Comic Con, this is the expectation. The expectation is 2023 is going to see a dip 100%. There, there's no doubt about that. 2024 should potentially also see a dip. And then from there, we're going to stabilize back to the previous trajectory that we were on. Right. You're absolutely right about that. Um, print in general, like print media, um, books fell in 2023 only 2.6%. The problem is that when we're talking about adult graphic novels, i.e. adult comic books in a trade format dropped 22%. That's the problem that I have. Hard to buy comics now, baby. Digital dropped as well. Hmm. Again. Yeah. In, in percentage. There was, yeah. Yeah. There was also in the midst of all of this as well a massive uh paper shortage and right. printing failure or whatever as well. 
Yeah. No, like it's harder <clears throat> to print stuff today. You know, paper is hard to come by. And these companies have you by the short hairs. They're charging more yep. to print stuff. Yep. People are reading less. Mm -hmm. Don't mistake it. People are reading less. It's a fact of life. Crazy, dude. Uh, my anecdotally, my my brother works at the library currently, and you know the the literally at the library, being at the library, and it's all screens. It's all online related things. You know, they they're they're literally at a at a depository for literature, and they are avoiding said literature. Wow. Hmm. Um, I mean, I I, th I think ultimately. I, I don't foresee them dropping this. Like all of these things, and to your point on, on the, the numbers as well, this shows that people are still hungry to buy comics in whatever format, and more so than not, the habit of buying physical uh, is the predominant force in comics currently. Um, and I, I think to one of the things that we had mentioned earlier, I don't see day and date as being uh, a like a a nail in that coffin. Um, manga does it, and yes, you have more digital reader, but I think there's a different audience there and a different propensity to and and, and habit to buy digital. But uh, I don't think that that's like the an, the ultimate thing to affect the growth or therein slowing down of physical. Manga did it though because it was almost exclusively piracy in the United States for that yeah. because of mm. translation. So yeah, yeah. they kind of were forced to do that. Uh, I, I don't think I, 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 I would argue regular North American comics aren't totally off base with uh, being exclusively pirated as well. Well, no, I don't. I don't disagree. But there's also no translation issue where they can't control yeah. the actual narrative of the books that are yeah, out there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, also though. To to the point that Tyler is making, um, you know, um, there are there was a base, there is a base of people who read Western comics that read them, right? Whereas at that time, you know, you just didn't like you just you just pirate like that's just how it was for manga, and I think I just think it's it doesn't you can't I personally don't think that there's a one-to-one -one correlation in buying habits and reading habits between manga and Western comics. I just don't. I agree. It's a completely different thing. And it's a generational thing. People who, if you look at the people buying and reading manga and the people buying and reading Western comics, there's probably a generational difference in that Western comics skews older. These are people who started reading comics before you could pirate them. I know I did. Mm -hmm. One, and maybe this is just my own uh, 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 world, not worldview, but my own experience here is that I didn't really read manga. And then as soon as Shonen Jump came out with that subscription app, what was it, Marco? Like a, a dollar a month? Something like that? 99 two ninety nine a month. I signed up for it. Why not? Yeah. They got me. I, I, was, I was that untapped market they were looking for. And like, I think of, I know Marco, you said like day and day doesn't really feel as strong for you, but like, Think about the the physical DVD market, 
and like HD DVDs when that was becoming a thing. What what was the other HD DVD at the time? Um, who knows? Yeah, there was like another competitor. They were fighting each other. Um, but then it's, and Netflix was around, but it was mostly just that you know mail in service. As soon as streaming came out, it doesn't matter what the DVD market was. It just almost ceased to exist at that point. Like it was doing fine until a huge giant changes the industry completely. And I think if if there is day and date where I pay five bucks a month and like, like Sean, how much did you pay for your your comics last week? If you don't mind me asking. Um, it was 50 something bucks. Yeah. Imagine that was $5. And you, you didn't get it physically. You got to. I, I wouldn't read comics. It's just, there's no. I just wouldn't do it. I don't care. It's just how I feel. I you pay ten times as much. To, yes, I already. Yeah, I don't care. I could read them for free. You know what I'm saying? Like fair. I yeah, could. Yeah. I could just. Mm. It's not in my nature, but I mm. could do that. I choose to do this. And and we've already seen it brought up in the chat, but there's also the physical. Act- aspect of it you know if you have a digital product there's a decent chance that you won't own that physical product that that is a frustrating part uh the the drm stuff is uh definitely tricky because um i've definitely lost in in that comiXology switch and the kindle stuff i've I've definitely lost comics a a thousand percent yep that's bullshit and and you're beholden to it, I, and and that I think is one of the probably biggest negatives of it is you don't you don't own it, you just the right to access. Mm-hmm. I I feel like that about video games. I feel I'm a physical media person. That's just how I am, and and comics is an extension of that because I mean, to me, and 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 this is a problem in comics, but like. They are a collectible in a way. If comic books didn't have a collectible element to them, I don't know that the physical hold would be as strong. If, like, with with Blu-rays and, and DVDs, right? There are some people for whom it is a pilgrimage and it is a ritual and everything else. But by and large, for most people who bought DVDs, it was just the way they got to watch. Them. And so when the switch happened to Netflix, it didn't matter that you didn't physically have them because all you were trying to do was watch them. Who cares? People throw their DVDs out. They don't care. And on top of that, people still bought DVDs because there was shit that wasn't on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 But Comics just aren't like that. The fans of comics don't see them that way. So to me, to take this back to the start, to me, I feel like Marvel and DC very well may have some sort of flirtation with the idea of increasing and trying to grow the digital market. But if that's the case, which I'm sure it is, because otherwise, why would they put this effort in that we're seeing? I personally think it's only to try to increase the overall market to add people to the market i don't think that it is to remove something from the market because i truly believe now today more than i ever have before that comic the industry of comics not the medium the industry of it would collapse if marvel Mm -hmm. and dc got out of it yeah yep 100 percent 
and and to that extent i would argue with digital it's their responsibility to grow the market for the benefit of the industry they're the ones that can yeah yeah i don't think there will ever be like i don't think there's ever enough where cutting out comics as a like physical as a cost cutting thing is ever worth it i think the blowback it would do to the industry would knock away any kind of savings they would do by not being not having to publish physical just in terms of even just like press of it all you know um it, mm. comics is such an americana thing like the idea of a superhero comic book you can have in your hands it's like diners and hamburgers you know um I don't see them ever do – I don't see it as a strategic benefit in any way. Plus, the phys- even the physical medium is competing already with digital stuff, TVs, iPads, phones, video games. Why, why go into that? You know, why put comics solely on an iPad where they can just be ignored mm. or switched off as soon as it gets bored? Are you saying you know, like Jason Aaron? Jason Aaron makes a, a page that's too talky and I pick up my phone. Like that already happens. And there's a something, something about collecting too that brings brand loyalty. You know, if you're collecting a whole bunch of Spider-Man comics, you have Spider-Man comics all over your wall. You know, you're probably also going to get Spider-Man TV shirts, Spider-Man toys. Um, so it only helps to build that. To I think the key is to make people's identities uh, uh, tied to <laughs> your characters, and having a collection only helps that. But then, but then I feel like it, it minimizes the value of the comic to only said collectible and not something of like an aesthetic value. Because uh, Dan in the chat brings up a good point on on vinyl. I collect vinyl specifically because it it, it looks nice and it's for the collectible. Yeah. But uh, I will rarely listen to the album for the sake of its use. And if if you change the use and meaning of the comic to it looks nice, I think you're gonna diminish why why buying it in the first place matters marco that's 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 comics that's that's where we're at but i but i'm saying i i i disagree that it should that that should be something we continue to perpetuate with the industry like like if you can make that separation of i find value in the reading of it not in the collecting of it um like right now that is the the priority the priority and, and that is the business push on it and the incentive but if you change that incentive for the value of reading and obviously diminishing uh, diminishing returns there just in, in general um and then but i think you access something um that grants that attention that kale said he's losing marco i think you're making an argument that needed to be made 30 years ago i, I think yeah fair. i think comic books as collectibles is what it is it's here to stay it's never going away and it's a personal choice i am a reader yeah. first but I absolutely have Omnibuy that I bought that I was a double dip or not even a double dip that I bought because they're gorgeous and I just wanted them. Uh, I have covers, variant covers. I almost bought a $15 variant cover. I mean, I didn't. My my cousin almost bought a $15 variant cover uh, this other week, and he was telling me 
it had Gene Gray on it, and he's a huge fan too. Would wouldn't you believe that? And he had to pass. He passed. But I I personally own covers like that that I have never opened. It's a collectible and it's a an entertainment creative thing that we love. I think the aesthetic value that you mentioned, Marco, um, with comics because of the way they can be displayed, it's mostly you're not going to see it. <laughs> um, is up I, to the collector. I don't think I think the, the yeah. furthest the publisher goes is variants. Otherwise, it's out of their control. I mean, the you know the the collected editions in Europe are incredible. You know, they've got real nice hardback spines, and you know, but at the end of the day, what are you seeing? A spine. You know. And meanwhile, I'm looking at my three Green Lantern Omnibuy, and the third one has a different DC logo on it, and it throws me off and insane. I really, really, I'm desperate to call out this comment because they called out Marco so fucking hard. Of course you should do it. <laughs> C.W. Gordon said, Marco, the AI art, quote unquote, art supporter, doesn't want art to be diminished. I still have arguments about that. I, I disagree. I disagree. We'll leave it there. A true and a can of worms. Uh, I, I wanted to get to this comment because I believe it's from someone new. Ahmed Binbacher. Sorry if I said your name improperly, but uh, they say to Sean's point of reading less, reading in adolescence has gone down across the board. Um, also, couple that with other competitors for a kid's leisure time, such as video games, streaming, and internet, social media, and the whole thing makes sense. That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. I am not saying that you can't get a kid to read comic books today. You clearly can't. There's no doubt about it. In a certain way, in a certain format, yes. Primer sells well. We know that. DC has made inroads in YA that have gone well. You know, we know the success of the Wayne Family Adventures thing. Cool. All great. Mango alone. Yeah, right. We already know that. Yeah. But we also know that streaming and everything else is going up. We know that, just anecdotally, I know that the, the children that are in my life, friends that have kids, all of them are stream babies. None of them read. I haven't seen a Christmas book. I haven't seen a, a, a birthday book. I've never seen a child. I haven't seen no child with no book, okay? Mm. None of, of them. Just a whole bunch of sticky iPad kids? Yes. Yeah, wait, that's, I, I haven't even had that thought, and you're totally right. It, it's what funny, but the, the new parents I'm a I know. iPad yeah. kid. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> like I, I legit. I took a, a day off yesterday. First real day off I've had. I beat Zelda, and I, uh, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a lot of work. Um, uh, beat Zelda, and I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm doing today. I'm not doing anything. And I had the thought, ooh, you know, we've got a couple book clubs coming up. I could, uh, I could knock some time off and uh, read some of those. You know what I did? I started Super Mario Wonder. Oh, I heard it's good. It's great. I had a great time. But I it's not reading. Like <laughs> it's it's very it's very competitive. It really is and and you know, I think we need to accept that. I I really do. It is not easy to get kids to read anything. 
let alone comics. It's not in the zeitgeist. I don't know how else to say that. It's just not hot. It's a lot easier to hand a kid a manga because their friends are reading them too. And you want to do what your friends do. I got into wrestling as a kid because every single person in my class was into wrestling. So I said, I got to see what this is about. And I still watch it now. You ask a kid who's Iron Man, they'd be like, oh, the guy from the movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And But when you asked me who's Iron Man in 1995, I said, oh, the guy from the TV show or the guy from the video game. I yep. knew Iron Man from the comics in 2001 when I got the Secret Wars trade. That was the first time I saw that character in a comic book. This is not a new problem. More people watched Superman 78 than had probably read him in a comic book at that time. Yep. It just is what it is. And by the way, the medium itself has been in some form of a decline or a, a roller coaster since the 50s. It's not new. It's not new and it's not going to go away. So to put a bow on this, Unless you guys have more that you want to add, I can do. I can do just one. Yeah. Uh, Cu fifty says recap comics YouTube channels are good. Oh man, dude. So why I, the fuck would you read it? I I I have this argument with my brother all the time. I'm just like you're reading the the digested part. Like you're reading the digested book from somebody else. You're not experiencing that. You're not having that experience. But what's what's to experience? I've been watching uh, soap operas because, you know, to, to get into the TV industry over here. I skip, you know, uh, a week or so, and I come back to it, and Jess knows every single thing that happens. I'll go, ooh, what's going on here? And she can rattle it off. Ooh, so-and-so's got a baby. It's, it was so-and-so's, and they had so-and-so, and now they've lost it, but she got with what's-his-name and blah, 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 blah. She sees the clips on Facebook. And she knows more about it more, more about it than I do. Who actively makes a choice to watch it? So if she's getting these clips that are, you know, of the key moments, the exciting bits. You know, uh, why why would she sit and watch the whole thing? And uh, my my point is, yeah. the recap channels on YouTube are the same concept. Even the problem missing, that I have with yeah. those recap channels and why I despise them and the Twitter people that do that is that they, 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 <laughs> people who watch those channels and read those tweets don't read comics. And I think it's encouraging and perpetuating that, that you don't have to read them. They skip, they largely will skip past the quote unquote boring bits, or they're having a person narrate what's in the book. And showing the pages. That shit should be illegal. Yeah. You're showing the entire comic. How can you do that? Let me be clear. I'm not uh I'm not saying that I yeah. uh, uh 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 condone those channels. I don't want the chat to <laughs> to think that. I'm just saying, you know, they're providing a a, a benefit to the person who's not looking to go to the effort to read them. You're also getting a, a dilution of the art, like you're getting it. it you're getting it secondhand, yeah. and you're getting yeah. it skewed through somebody else's perspective who edits it. Exactly. And you're not getting yeah. the actual story. Exactly, especially on Twitter. 
The editorialization on Twitter is insane. Those people, I don't even want to get into that. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's it's very, very frustrating to me. It really is. I can hear uh, next yeah. week's episode. Dude, I'm, let's, I'm let's, trying. I have an idea that if it, I really hope it could pan out. It'll be really cool, but I don't want to talk about it yet, but it involves that. We calling him out by name? Let's do it. Let's add him. <laughs> no. Next uh, week. Flo Dameron says they need to figure out how to get people excited. It has been cool to see the excitement around Ultimate Spider-Man number one. What's up, Flo? Check out the uh, Bada Boom podcast. It's real good. Um, yes. So getting people excited around comics is awesome, and I love it so much. And people are excited about Ultimate Spider-Man. The problem is that the excitement doesn't translate to sales because people are excited about it, but they're waiting for fucking Comic Book Explained to put out a video for them telling them what happened in the book. Or they're waiting for Joe Schmo Loves Comics on Twitter to tell them what they thought about the book, therefore telling them what they should think about the book. They're not waiting for themselves to experience the book. And I want to say this too. There's a huge difference between engaging with that and coming and watching a show like Pals Polls or anybody else that reviews comics because we are telling you specifically, deliberately, our take and whether or not you should buy it. But we don't have a scroll. Tyler's not rolling every page of the book yep. on the YouTube channel. We're telling you what we think. There's also an interpretation, you... discussion. Right. Uh, it's a uh, review. Craft. It's deliberate. Yeah. And very, very specifically, we very specifically say, I think this is my opinion. You know, it doesn't work for me. It does work for me, et cetera, et cetera. Specifically to elicit a conversation or to say our piece without the broader uh, context of uh, the broader implication of telling you what to think. Right. And ultimately, go read it. Go decide for yourself and come back because we want that conversation because you're adding something to the comic or to the to, to the conversation and community. Dan says it. Reviews add to sales. I bought books because of Pals Polls, and that is the exact specific goal. And when I was a kid and I used to listen to podcasts or, you know, proto-podcasts um, similar to this that inspired me to want to do this, Please, I used to buy. I used to buy whatever they recommended. You could say Howard Stern, Sean. It's fine. He didn't. He didn't read. Well, he used to read comics. I want to hear Howard Stern's uh, uh, interpretation of Heroes Reborn. Imagine that. And by the way, I, I don't have any like Comic Book Explained is great. Like a great channel, million a million plus subs. Obviously, he's doing something right. I just feel like that does hurt comics, though. I truly do. I think it. I think it brings interest, but interest to him recapping, not to getting people into the industry, getting people to buy comics. That's not what's happening over there. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's it's sad. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. But the thing to be happy about is that ultimately comic book sales still happen. Comic books are still profitable. We're still seeing, I mean, not necessarily growth, but, you know, people still are here. I'm still here. We're still here. People still make that pilgrimage to go and buy comics every single week. So if the question is, is it, do Marvel and DC want digital to be the future? 
I say not anytime soon. I say the industry is not going anywhere and it's not radically changing in a way that's going to make it worse for us as readers. I don't think that that is what we're looking at. So yes, digital numbers are down, but I don't think that that represents anything to be worried about. And buy more comics. Yeah. If you yeah. can. If you can, you know, situation situation takes priority. And make sure you eat first. Unless you eat comics. Oh, in which oh, case. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, we yeah. If you eat comics, call me. I have a surplus. <laughs> My man's got a buffet. Yeah, it's like a, chi- a Chinese buffet over there. <laughs> They're red, uh, lightly touched, but uh, you won't find anything weird on them. It's called season will show. keep you fed. Absolutely. I ain't eating those Jean Grey books, though. <laughs> uh, Flo says... I feel the problem is when people get excited about a book, it's the same readers. Comics missed a generation. Buddy. Yeah. Comics missed, as far as I'm concerned, two generations. Man. As far as Dan Didio's concerned, two generations. I, I might even argue three, quite frankly. Um, yeah. And I just don't think that that is going to change. I think everything become, everything old becomes new again. Things pop into the zeitgeist. I mean, comic books went from being thought dead in the late nineties, early two thousands, having an incredible resurgence um, in the late, in the mid to late two thousands that carried comics in the 2010s. You know, if it wasn't for what Bendis and Miller, uh, Mark Miller um, and Johns and, and so many others, um, you know, incredible creators, Hitch, you know, uh, Frank, if it wasn't for what they did in the two thousands, we're not here. We owe so much to Bendis. For as much as people love to shit talk Bendis, we owe so much to Brian Michael Bendis. We really do. Yep. And on the back of that, publishers like Image. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking I'm, edi- I'm... editors like Stephen Wacker at the time. Casada. Yes. Casada, yeah. please, of yeah. course. Yep. And Didio. Let's not even let's not even forget what people people don't like him. I understand that. I'm not trying to sing the praises of the man. I'm talking about the work. And mm. Didio was a big part of DC being what it was at that time. So, you know, we're still here. We're still kicking. Comics are alive and well. There's a lot more competition now, but that's okay. That's okay. Competition breeds innovation. They say. Hopefully. They say, yeah. Uh, we, with an industry with a competition, just one other person. It's been a little <laughs> tricky. <laughs> Johns and Bendis carried the industry, I agree. Among others, lots of people had a hand. But yes, those two, I mean, my God, forget it. It's it's incredible the impact they had. The Captain Deadpool, new name, hello, welcome, says Ultimate Spider-Man is really good. Uh, We completely agree. We reviewed it on Pals Pools, which is our comic book review show this past Thursday. It's awesome. Both of them are. He said that when it was relevant to the conversation. But (laughs) uh, I mean, both of them are. Oh, yeah, right. Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man, I mean, in a lot of ways, carried comics, amongst other things. Please. Honestly, you could say Ultimate Spider-Man is really good, and it's a universal statement, I feel. (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. They even put out a freaking good video game, you know? Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. (laughs) That's right. Yep. That Mark Bagley art. Seriously. Another person who deserves to be mentioned. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that was the defining look 
of that, you know, that uh, that era, the Ultimate Spider-Man era. Um, boy, oh boy, I love comics so much. I really. Oh, do. Oh, do you feel like you have a show about it or something? <laughs> Dude, listen, I feel like a lot of people that have shows about comics don't love comics. <laughs> there is an urge to just have a show. It feels like. Dude, the amount of people that have reached out to me between my friends and just messages that I've received over the years of people who want to start shows, it's it's incredible. People that think that yeah. they can do this. I'm not even, saying you even, can't. Even people like connected to us, like messaging us to yeah. start something is, yeah. Yeah, I can say this. Uh, someone, some, a friend of ours who worked at an old place with us at an old time uh, saw we were getting a little hot and said, oh, can I come and start a show? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Under uh, your under your brand and banner? Like, no, the fuck you can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> we, we can't start a show under our brand, brand and banner. Like, <laughs> You got to be kidding me, man. Um. Because it's hard to do. Like, we've been doing this for seven years. You know what I'm saying? Every single week. It's not easy. It's a grind. It's hard. We only to... just got good at it. Like, <laughs> right. We're getting hot now. Like, please. I, I, I got friends who, who burn out. They start shows. They burn out after like two, three episodes. You know? Wild. Yeah. But as I said, seven years. We're veterans. You know, we love this. It's so much fun. Hopefully, you guys love us and think we're so much fun. If you do, patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to show that and support what it is that we're doing. Um, And uh, one of the things you get, you get a lot of things. You get a nickname and a shout out on the show, which I'm going to address in a moment. You get to vote in the book club poll, which I will also address in a moment. Uh, You get a newsletter every single week, amongst other things. And I want to refer back to that shout out. If you want to join the Palsverse, if you want to get a superhero or supervillain nickname and a shout out on the show. You can do that by heading on over to our Patreon page. I want to shout out the best pals in the universe, Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Hound of Justice Atomic Hound, Starcross Catherine Stars, and Relentless Ryan Murphy, who actually has a really cool YouTube channel at Antar Films 1987, where he makes fan films based on comic books. And the most recent one, I think, that he did is a Batman film called Christmas at Wayne Manor. It's kind of fun. Um, I I watched it. It's cool. Um, It's different. So if you're into fan films and stuff like that, you can check it out. You might like it. Uh, Thank you, Ryan, for that. Um, I also want to shout out the Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marvis, Marvelous Mike and McKenzie, Marley Manistorm, Slow Flow Dameron, Amin Almighty Perez, and Christian Uncaged Harriet. I smile as I read that list off because it's it never ceases to amaze me the amount of people that whose names I'm reading um, and how it continues to grow and how much it's grown in the last year. So uh, thank you guys so much. Momentum Mike Elliott, I think, is, is probably one of my favorites. I didn't... I love just like the momentum, Mike. It's real good. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to come up with uh, these names and whatnot. So I enjoy it a lot. Um, so I mentioned 
I mentioned the patrons. Uh, we've got a hangout coming on the 28th of January. So if you are in the I Shall Become a Pal tier or higher, you are absolutely invited to come hang out with us on the 28th, which is a Sunday. We're going to do a little get-together, uh, play a game, talk comics, you know, just hang out with our pals. So uh, we hope to see you there for that. Uh, we have a goal. We have a goal. We want to get to 2,000 subscribers this year as early as soon as we possibly can. And we're fairly close, but we need your help to do it. So if you haven't subbed, if you're a regular listener, if you're hearing me, you haven't subbed us on YouTube, please do that. If you're a podcast listener and you've got a YouTube account, and you, but you're not a fan of using YouTube, that's totally cool. Just head on over there and subscribe. It helps us out. It costs you nothing. Um, and uh, a lot helps. A lot changes and helps the, the more we're able to grow. Um, so we <laughs> need your support to get to our goals this year. And when we hit 2,000, Kale will be doing a backflip. I, hold on. <laughs> Kale will do something, and I will field suggestions. A second backflip is out of the question. I'm still in debt for the first one. Oh, my goodness. Catherine's not here, but if she was, she'd be giving you hell. Uh, I think Harris is here somewhere. I'm sure I'll hear about it. <laughs> the boy nice is guy. broken. You freaking Batman nightfalled yourself trying to do a flip. Man, you're not of, kidding. Speaking of Batman, uh, our Dark Knight Returns book club is live on January 30th. Come hang out with us and talk about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. So excited for that. We, we've had people in Discord uh, picking it up, already mentioning they've they've completed read throughs. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of a drum up excitement for that one. Discussion already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. real good stuff too. And finally, I want to mention the listener pick poll, which goes up every single Thursday at 5 p.m. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that this past week on on pals pulls and i just want to refer to it so hopefully you guys will go out and and vote it's on youtube.com slash the comics pals under the community tab world's finest actually before i say what's on it before i say what's on it <laughs> i want to reference the fact that this past thursday i challenged marco and the minions i challenged them if the minion legion is strong then marco's pick will win the community poll, the listener poll. But if it's not, then it won't win because it won't be able to beat this juggernaut. So here are the books. World's Finest, 23, John Constantine, Hellblazer, Dead in America, number one, X-Men 30, and Jackpot, number one. When we did this poll that day, that, that day when we talked about it at first, World's Finest was at like 50-something percent, maybe even 60%. It was nuts. Since then... Things have changed, I won't lie. World's Finest sits at 43%. John Constantine Hellblazer is at 32%. Ooh, that gap is closing. Quick. X-Men 30 is at 14 and Jackpot's at 10. Much like Goku, I'm here asking for your spirit, asking for your help in this trying time to get John Constantine over the line, boys. It's the most evangelical thing I've ever heard from Mark. <laughs> from me, yeah. That was some that was some fucking church shit right there. The church of weeaboos. <laughs> I I uh 
I don't want the Constantine book to win. I just, I don't. And I'm trusting in World's Finest being, you know, everybody's favorite DC book to prove me right. I'm trusting you all to prove me right about the lack of minions for Marco and about the strength of World's Finest. So vote your heart. Even if you want to vote for Jackpot, vote what you're interested in. Just vote. That's all that matters, really. Rock the vote. Uh, Jackpot's been uh, been going up there. It was at like 1% before. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, oh this uh, is... Oh, I don't want to sell this any harder. Is this a Spurrier? Yeah, uh, I had yeah. to say it. Man, it yeah, is a Spurrier. It yeah, is. It is. It is. Come on. Right. And, I don't and want it. His, but his, his run was good. Tyler, back me up on that. Uh, it's one of my favorite runs in recent memory. Yeah. And Aaron Campbell on art. Oh, come on, baby. See you 50. I see you. Weaves Unite. Let's go. Oh, Amin, I, won't, I won't go sign that. Oh, fair enough. Fair I mean, so come on, baby. I, I know you got my back on this one. The the, the minions will mob. I'm about to minions, make some burners. Yeah. Minions, fine. Uh, weebs should be bullied. You know, I'm just bringing it back. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> they need the shame. I'm loving the like count. Can we get that to 30? Can we do that? Let's push oh. it. If you haven't liked the video yet, hit that like button. We got a lot more show to do. We are not calling it quits by any means yet. We've got listener comments to dive into. And I actually want to take the first one because it's not the first one on the list that you guys have. Um, I meant to get to this during the main topic, and I just didn't. It's from Atomic Hound. And it is a comment that he actually left on the most recent channel membership video that we put out on YouTube. Um, our channel membership gives you early access to videos that we put out. Um, and the topic this week was, is the future of comics digital? So a little synergy there. And Atomic Hound said something that I thought was really salient. There's a few things we don't know, such as, is the needle moving toward digital at all? We answered that, of course. The answer is no. Does digital have the same reader attrition that happens physically? What happens when DC and Marvel goes day and date on their own digital platforms for a premium? Having said that, as long as they are collectible and finite, physical will be around. They may be mailed directly to the consumer, but it will continue. In that regard, comics are more like toys, like action figures, beanie babies, or even baseball cards than literature. Great video, pals. And I agree with that. I think comic books exist in this weird in-between space where they are you know, a form of literature. They are a form of book, and people treat them like that. But they're also a collectible, and people treat them like that. And there are two distinct camps where there are people who are exclusively one or the other, and then there are people who are both. And that's not uncommon, but it's not that common either. Like, there are people who buy sneakers purely for wear, and there are people who buy them purely for collection. Um, But... I think when it comes to comics, it's actually being hurt in some ways by it existing in that way. Um, and we've seen that before. We saw that in the 90s. I think comic books are not big enough to justify being that kind of thing. Um, whereas, you know, I mean, my God, you buy one pair of sneakers at the collector level, you're talking $200. Like, you don't oh, have to 200. be a collector to want Jordans and you're paying 200 plus. 200 if you're lucky. Right. So video games, there are people who play video games casually. There are people who buy, they get the new, like, let's say, Spider-Man video game, and Insomniac is selling them 
a pretty uh, bust of Spider-Man and Venom fighting. They're selling them a steel book. They're selling them everything for 150 plus. That was a 13 inches of Venom is how they marketed it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. What hey, they need um, to do for the new movie. Thank you. Thank you. That's Dude, that would work. Uh, thank you so much, Atomic Count. Really, really appreciate you, buddy. And I hope your uh, your situation at home with the weather um, and the storm that's happening now is okay. That he dug himself out. He's catching up. I think he said he did, yeah. yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Tyler, why don't you take away the listener comments this week? That I can. So, uh, oh, it just went down on me. All right, so listener <laughs> comments. Joel Justice said, when it comes to Chip's run on Batman or Tom King's run on Batman – does it ever bother you that the rest of DC doesn't really feel the effects of the Batman title and vice versa? Does the DC universe need to affect the Batman title? It doesn't, it doesn't bother me that Batman doesn't wholly affect DC or the universe. It does bug me a little that DC doesn't affect Batman. I think the best the the times when the universe feels alive is when you can see little seeds in books. It doesn't have to be huge, but you know, in in uh, Marco, help me out here. In Swamp Thing, uh, Superman shows up at some point, right? In yeah. Alan Moore Swamp Thing, and it's okay. like a or maybe maybe it's Etrigan. The point is. It's so well done that, you know, you can tell like Superman knows about Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing exists in this own little corner that's never visited by anyone except Marco. And for Superman to come down and, you know, say he he's paying attention and he knows what's going on and he's willing to help, that proves uh, a living universe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, whereas the other way, uh, you know, an individual's actions don't always affect the world, you know, and as big as Batman is, he's not, you know, he's still one one man, right? That's my take. I think a wink and a nod here and there is fine. I think anything that has to chain you to continuity uh, could limit the actual content of the solo titles. Uh, I think you're muted, Chunk. Chunk. Whoops, sorry. Uh, I am a big proponent of Synergy. I think it works. I think we all here started well maybe except for marco started reading comics in an era where synergy was more plentiful and that is when i enjoyed comics the most it was really fun it really really was when all the books that i was reading had to reflect civil war um it made me feel like civil war was happening Mm. now i don't feel like titans beast world because it's not anywhere else it's just happening there and the tie-ins that are separate from everything else. You have to specifically buy them. Um, oftentimes, nowadays, I feel like, you know, you'll get a tie-in, but it won't be from the creative team that you want necessarily, and it won't be taking place in the book. And I think in an effort to avoid disruption, 
<clears throat> um, both big two publishers have really gone too far in the other direction. And it feels like they're just, these characters don't exist in the same space. Uh, thank you to Ahmed for the super chat. Uh, I think Whoa, those are, those wow. are Riyadh's, I believe. Those are, so, yeah. Saudi thank you so much. Uh, greetings from over there. If that's what you're watching, dude. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, thank you so much. No, no, no message. Send us a message. We, we're happy to read it. Thank you for your first super chat. And 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 it's worth pointing out, super chats are open for anyone else that wants to do that. Well, apparently, it's, apparently a, it's a super sticker. Oh, super sticker. Okay, we've never oh. gotten one of those. I've yeah, never seen that. yeah, I've never seen that. Thank it says so thanks for being you. It feels like those like really good uh, teachers you had growing up that would give you a sticker on your <laughs> your your spelling test that you just didn't do well at. But you know, it's you good. you tried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, look at this. Amin says the fact that we don't have Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman tie-ins for Beast World is nuts to me. Back in the day, you get the issue, regardless of the event is ass or not. So, yeah, right there. And the yeah. reason why they can't do that is because all those characters are standing around doing absolutely nothing. But would I be interested in seeing that? Yes. Um, counter. Night terrors. We hated everything. We hated all those those tie-ins and stuff. And if But that's be that's because they were ass. Sure, sure. <laughs> but if if are we talking about like a separate mini that was like Wonder Woman Beast World separate and then Tom King's Wonder Woman still gets to do that? I'm fine with that. Um, but then you run into like, oh, there might be too many books being published at a certain time. Um, but if like Tom King's thing uh, got upended in issue four to do a Beast World tie-in, that would annoy me. I could see why it would, but I just, I don't know, man. Um, I I think the problem is the massive amounts of events that are happening. You know, it used too? to be you'd get an event a year every couple of years. And now we're getting three in a summer. Yeah, yeah, and and they feel like you're just passing by. The I mean, we we had commented on it that night terrors happened over the summer when there could have been a thematic thing. Like it's you know the, there could be further synergy and further planning, but it goes out of the way to not do that. Dan says, I don't miss that. I hate tie-in issues during series. Almost all crossovers are ass. You guys just started reading in a rare time. When they weren't, um, I don't agree. I mean, I well, I can't speak to, I won't speak to the tie-ins that came out before I started reading comics. Um, but I've always heard great things about like Crisis on Infinite Earths and stuff like that. But if we're talking, like the 2000s had amazing crossovers. And then I also think the 2010s had amazing crossovers. I don't feel like we're in a an uncom. I don't feel like, I feel like a decade plus worth of, of great high-end and events is enough to show that it can happen and it can be done and it can be done excellently. But I don't think that the effort to make that happen is being put in right now. Mm. What What is creative, right? Versus Civil War, right? Versus that idea. What is creative about Beast World? Civil War is an idea that came from a meeting between creators, right? At one of the summits that Marvel does annually. Mm. And they plotted it out. And they didn't just plot it out for Civil War. They plotted out a general course for Marvel that allowed Civil War to overtake it. Because it wasn't just, hey, guys, Civil War number one and introduce the conflict and everything. It was months of buildup. 
So if you were an active reader, you knew it was coming and you knew why. And you knew who the players were before the first issue. That was also a they time where you can you can be fairly certain that the book that you were reading would be able to finish a story and it's not just a miniseries that gets canceled prematurely. Um, so they could plan for that. Like now. Ah, dude, you could plan for anything you want. They're, Marvel and DC are in control of that. You could plan for literally anything you want. They just choose not to. They've, they've look. It's not. We're not that far removed from Secret Wars. Yeah. We're not that far removed from Ten of Swords. These are events that happen now. They do massive crossover tie-ins now. They just don't do them the way they used to. Yeah, Secret Wars yeah. is an outlier though, because of the whole Battle World thing. Like the whole line was upended. So was the so was Marvel's Civil War line. The the line was upended <laughs> during Civil War. Every book reflected it, except the Cosmic ones. Even the X even. Yeah, even Wolverine, which was tangentially yeah. related, like, yeah. he was like had the player. Civil War cover. Yeah, it was everywhere. Uh, let's move on to the next comment. Marco, you said you wanted to do this? If Totally unprepared, <laughs> muted, everything. What the hell? I have it. I have it. I got it up. I got it up. Uh, He's fucking one... reading One Piece or whatever. My <laughs> hat's too tight. This is from uh, Atomic Hound. If uh, if time and money were no object, what classic comic series or character would you collect from its beginning to present or until it concluded? Um, I, I've thought a lot about this one just because um, one of my goals is to collect all of uh, the spirit, the but like in newspaper format. Um, I, they have the, the big collections of um, like the, what is it? The library editions, all those kind of things. But uh, I'm a big fan of, when I go to uh, different conventions, they have the kitchen sink press stuff. Uh, and a lot of those tend to have, you know, old either cutouts or um, like previously printed versions of the newspaper comics and they're pricey. Uh, but man, that'd be a dream to just have like a long, uh, maybe like a stretch of wall, just the, the strip of comics. For me, it's easy. Uh, Go ahead. It's Daredevil. I would just want every Daredevil comic. In my my eyes, that's the most consistent character since its inception. Mm. My answer initially was The Flash. Um, I think The Flash seems to have been, across its history, uh, the most unique, in my opinion. Um, you know, you see a lot of the Silver Age antics of of Barry Allen. You know, he becomes a puppet. He's got a big head. He's fat. He's, you know, bones. He's in space. Like, for whatever reason, those uh, books always felt more unique to me uh, than anything else. And that's probably, uh, you know, uh, Infantino and and. Gardner Fox, you know, those killer covers um, that were coming out, you know, and, and really pushing those. <clears throat> uh, but I, uh, but also I just like Jay Garrick. So I think, I, th- I also think the flash is, I think similar to daredevil, I think probably one of the more consistent uh, titles DC has. Hmm. Uh, my answer is X-Men. I would I would do that. I've read 
almost every well I read almost every issue of Amazing Spider-Man already because I was gifted a believe it or not a box set of DVDs that were Spider-Man comics from the first one until the 2000s and I watched read every one of them do believe that I feel like I remember those yeah, it was crazy. I, I don't even know. I've never seen anything else like that ever, but I got that. And um, so yeah, my answer would be X-Men. <laughs> um, by the way, I put up a poll. Would you keep reading comics if they went digital exclusive? I want to see what you guys have to say about that. Um, so yeah, if you want to answer that, please do. As we move into the next listener question or comment. Uh so uh uh friend of the show, curmudgeon Matt Murphy. Uh, asks, is there a definitive top three for Spider-Man? Spider-Man comics. Are we reading that as top three, like, runs, arcs, creators? He's talking about it in the context of the way we were talking about Batman, where there are, you know, significant stories you can point to. Got it. Uh, I agree with whoever it was, I think it might have been Hound, that said that in DC, it's more like there are these definitive stories and Marvel's more runs mm. or moments. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Therefore, this question is tough to answer off the top of my head for the sake of having an answer. Uh, Spider-Man Blue, mm. uh, Spider-Man Rain, and I'm missing a big one. Kale, help me out. I'm missing a big one. Is it a miniseries uh, that you're thinking of? Last Hunt? Ultimate? <laughs> Uh, what am I missing? Holy mine shit. would be the JS JMS run. Mm. Probably, Moreland probably stuff. specifically the Moreland stuff. Superior. That would probably be my second one. Superior, uh, and then uh, probably Spider Man Blue. It it's funny for me for Spider Man. I've only the, the Spider Man I've read has only been stuff that has been out since I've never really gone back to dip into Spider-Man, honestly. Like, I'm not reading McFarlane's run. I never read Spider-Man Blue. It's a blind spot for me. Mm. Um, Wow. And I find that my... What's that? Sean Venom? Uh, No, I feel like there's another, like, major Spider-Man storyline that I'm not thinking of. Oh, one more day, Sean. Yes! Yes, thank you, Tyler. There it is. Dude, I hated that so much. And when I met <laughs> and when I met Kasada in person, dude, I was like, oh, thank you so much. I love one more day. Man. Yeah, you damn right you would. Straight, you straight. Dude, glazed, I was like, I didn't up. know what to say, man. <laughs> I was starstruck. Glazing it. Um I have a personal top three. Um, I think Ooh, that's the uh, question. What what did you think we were talking about? Well, I I wasn't sure if it was like definitive top three or personal. Um yeah. Like I can give you like like I, what I can say is generally accepted for Batman, um, Spider Man. I couldn't give that to you, but I can give you my personal. Um, Superior is up there. Superior is up there. Um, I think uh, I really like Bendis's Ultimate Spider Man with right. Miles specifically. Like I I haven't read a lot of his Peter stuff, but the Miles stuff I think it's phenomenal. Um, and I would throw the Gauntlet up there, another slot book. It was like there. It was. It was. It wasn't just slot though. It was like Wade and Zeb Wells. I think at the time, uh, hmm. just a whole bunch of reimagining of the Spider-Man Rogues. 
I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There was like a Bacolo lizard story. There was the Electro story, which made him, which changed his costume and gave him that more that burnt face thing, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. led up to Doc Ock and Superior and all that. Man, um, I only have, I feel like, three or four things that I read. Uh, and <laughs> it's frankly, not your top. It's, it's the, your Spider-Man list. <laughs> yeah, the, this, but I feel like of the broader scope, like, it's the initial Stanley Ditko stuff. Um, I, I love that. The Spider-Man Blue, and then I think, yeah, Craven's Last Hunt. It, Spider-Man's a huge gap for me and all of the older stuff. And I, I initially tried to start from beginning to get to wherever I could. I want to say I made like 75 of the original Spider-Man run. It's funny because Spider-Man's a huge gap for me too, but I think in terms of sheer issues read, it, Spider-Man still might be the most I've ever read out of a character <laughs> just because of the sheer how prolific the book is. Gordon's death of Kamala Khan <laughs> is Marco's favorite Spider-Man arc. <laughs> Loved it. Inspired. That's funny, man. All right. Let's jump into the news. Uh, Tyler, we can skip the first thing because we already sort of talked about that. Um, DC, you know, they're not giving up on trying to find new readers by any means. They are aggressively trying to find new readers and they're doing it with old material. So DC, uh, they are going to be putting out a bunch. Well, I shouldn't say a bunch, a few of their YA books from, I guess from maybe from different eras, uh, but Certainly, this book is from a very specific era. Uh, the first one that they've announced is Prez. They're repurposing and repackaging uh, the Prez book by Mark Russell, Ben Caldwell, Mike Mor- Mark Morales. This is during the Young Animal era. Yeah. Um, this was uh, a that 2014. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that DCU? DCU. It was with Black Canary and all that. Yep. Why? Right. DCYOU. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so they're going to be they're going to be putting this out um, and making it into a a book that's specifically targeting you know young people. Uh, I don't know too much about Prez. I mean, I have all the information in front of me, but just as like a person, I've never read it or engaged with it in any way. This whole marketing campaign that they did at the time blew right by me. Oh, um, but I know they had a lot of fans. This was uh, Mark Russell's big coming out um this is pre flintstones um and it had like i was listening to ifanboy comics at the time and they loved this book and i remember reading a whole bunch of reviews like this was well regarded i think it might have been nominated for an eiser at a certain point too i have it Uh, i stole it from matt um i just never got to it but uh i think it's great especially uh election cycle coming up so i think this is a smart thing to do I mean, they have the material, and it landed, I guess, at the time with people um, and with the target audience, but I think it has a better chance of being successful if it's being repackaged and repurposed to be sent out to the book channel to target young people. Um, I think that that's a great test. You know, Does that material work targeted at the people that it is intended for? Do we know if they're changing the format of it? Like, is it going to be the, the smaller fun- format of most YA graphic novels? Yep. They okay. are changing the format. 
and Prez is the only one they've announced so far. Yeah. Okay. I Man. believe so. Batgirl Burnside would be a perfect book for this. Yeah. I had that thought too, because it's very loosely connected to continuity. That is such a no-brainer that, yeah. like, I'm sort of surprised they didn't go with that. Because I feel like the Batgirl uh, Burnside, like, design, that look, has become iconic. I mean, they were going to use it in the movie. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's something with Batgirl that, not to go off on a tangent, there's just something with that character that I feel like they haven't quite tapped into. And I'm specifically talking about Barbara Gordon. Did you yeah. read that run, Strong? No, it's not really interesting. good. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. I think I think Barbara Gordon weirdly has a like a uh, uh, almost a Nancy Drew appeal that should work very well for the YA, you know, teen girl market. I wonder what else they had planned for this. I hope it. I hope it's successful. Me too. I hope it's yeah. successful. I mean, I just worry about because Prez is not like a character that pops out at you. So I just worry about that aspect. I feel like maybe launching was like I feel like Primer is perfect. It's visually interesting, and you know it seems that's like right. it's very cool. Yeah, that's right. Like I, I would like them to, you know, try new characters or old books that just really pop. Um, this is a good first effort, though, and I hope it's successful. I really do. Dial H for Hero. That's the one I was thinking. It would be great for this. Ooh, yes. Yes. Any run of Dial H for Hero I think would be great for this. Yeah, yeah. I guess my, my only question is, like, why why the need to rebrand as YA? Like, couldn't you just also just put this out again? It then changes where it gets put in stores. If it's just a graphic novel, it'll be in graphic novels. I believe since this is YA, it goes into YA. Yeah, there's a different section. Okay, fair enough. Which is where people will be, you know. Sure. So. Get that Hunger Games money. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Clutch. Oh, man. Need it. They sure the hell do. They sure do. Uh, all right. Congratulations are in order. For Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker, because mm. their classic work on Criminal is finally going to get some respect put on its name because it is being adapted to Amazon for a TV show. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. Yep. It's coming to Prime. Uh, this is reported by Variety, but both creators have made some form of statement by now. So it's absolutely confirmed. Um, in fact, here's a statement from Brubaker now. Sean and I have been building this world in our books for over a decade, and now to be able to bring it to life for Amazon is just incredible. And to have Amazon support the project the way they have and show so much faith in my and Jordan's vision for this show is even more incredible. I like this a lot. This is no, no a no-brainer. A, they can adapt what's already there. Um but then the concept of criminal just lends itself well to TV. Like, Brubaker has written TV before. He can continue the criminal universe on a TV show. Oh, Hell sure. yeah. And yeah. Amazon's been pretty – I mean, you see that Fallout trailer? Like, they're they're the money they've been putting towards, like, these adaptations. Like, everyone loves the boys. Um, 
But that Fallout, it looks pretty good for a video game show. So a criminal would theoretically be much less expensive <laughs> because it's not – you don't need all the CG and stuff. So, but more practical, maybe you know, more sets and stuff. Th- this is cool. Um, I think this is just good content. And uh, one of the things that I've been seeing all over the place has been um, the 25 years since The Sopranos. Uh, and so like this and kind of like crime and those kind of things have just been top of mind. Uh, and so the fact that this popped up, great timing, really good announcement. Uh, Brubaker's excellent. I, I only wonder how the adaptation of art sort of pulls through. That's, you know, usually the hardest part for these kinds of things. Um, but if they put money behind it, uh, the quality is going to be there. Don't doubt that. Even if they do like a true detective style or each season is oh. its own standalone. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. I think that's what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. really do. In order to, you know, honor the honor the comics. Mm-hmm. Um with with obviously with some connections like the comics, but you know, mostly anthology. Yeah. I love Criminal so much. Um I've been less engaged with it over the years because of infrequency of release and things like that. And obviously they've done other things that I've read and loved. Um, but criminals where I got my start with them, like everybody, and it's so phenomenal. Like it's so good. Go read it if you haven't. Well, do we have we ever done a criminal? Um, nope. I don't think we've done one. No, the only thing we did, Brubaker, was um, pulp. We did pulp, and we did uh, kill oh, or be killed. Right. Pulp. I had the criminal Archie uh, story on the poll once, but it didn't win. Mm. Right, right, right. Um. Yeah, love Criminal, love Brubaker and Phillips. This is great for them. Hey, we've got a game coming still. We've got a lot of fun stuff to go. I want to refer to the poll uh, that we put up a few minutes ago and see the result. Whoa, where is it? Hey. I have YouTube's... the results. Oh, you do? Okay, good. Yeah, so um, you might need to end it on the on the, the panel, but um, at, would you keep reading comics if they went digital oh, exclusive? We 30% said no, and 70% said yes. Wow. Okay. Good. A lot of digital readers. Good. Uh, well, a, lot of, a lot of readers. <laughs> we're going to pass that over to Marvel and DC and let them know that you guys will support them uh, if they choose to gut the industry. That, that Yeah, they have complete permission uh, from, from us and our audience to gut the industry and uh, effectively kill it. Yeah. And I have all of your usernames. I'll be publishing a list that will be going out. <laughs> <laughs> Directly to Marvel. Um, all right. So Transformers. Big news on the Transformers side of things. We initially heard rumors that Daniel Warren Johnson was only going to be working on Transformers for one arc. And now we know that that is not true. We have official confirmation that, that is not true. However, he will no longer, at least for the second arc, be doing the art in the book because he will be joined by artist George Corona on the George second Corona. arc. Wow. Sorry. I cannot believe that. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I guess I should be able to believe it. Yeah, so... Um, he's going to be joining in the second arc. Mike Spicer will stay on board. DWJ is going to continue to write. This is what Johnson said. Quote, it's a rare breed of artist that can naturally bring an organic quality to things that are inherently mechanical. And George is one of the chosen few. 
Prepare your eyes for a feast of brawn and beauty, my friends. This man draws a mean-looking sound wave. Kabam! So right. I actually I threw up the uh, on, on the oh, stream yeah. the variant cover that Corona did. <clears throat> um, his style's not far off from Danny Warren Johnson. It's in the same realm. Well, yeah, ballpark. Yeah, and I've liked a lot of what Corona's done that I've seen. Uh, he did that one with Scotty Young, that haunted house story with the long title. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The Me You Love in the Dark, bro. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm fine with this. And this doesn't mean that Danny Warren Johnson won't even come back for for another arc down the line, you know. But Oh, Middle West, too. Okay, he was on Batgirls. Middle West, He read yeah. that one for the show. Okay. Hey, man. Well, and Johnson is so, like, his style, you know, and the way he works, I think, is so singular to a degree that, like, it makes sense that he would want to do, you know, an arc that's fu- an arc that's fully his and then sort of phase himself away to start doing other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he has other projects probably. He has other things. I mean, and also dual duty, I can imagine, is flexible, but probably hard to maintain. I remember when Chips Darsky first started writing stuff, um, at least stuff that I saw. And I was like, hmm, all right. Well, that's weird because Chips an artist. So what is this? Um, and obviously we have a ton of, not a ton, but we have some successful uh, writer artists in the industry. But I was like, eh, I don't know. And of course, now Chip is one of the best and one of my favorite comic book writers. Um, I don't know that I feel as strongly about Daniel Warren Johnson's writing. The I think the writing is good. I think he's talented as a writer. I don't doubt that. I just don't feel the highs that I feel with Chip, even on like... um the life story stuff that he did. Uh, So I don't know if I'm as interested in a non-drawn Transformers book with Johnson still writing it, but it's been good enough so far that I'm, this doesn't make me go, Oh, I'm out. I I haven't seen it yet. You know, I think, I think the thing with Johnson and a lot of his work is that we've, we've really only seen singular stories. You know, stories with one arc. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in the second arc. You know, because, you know, and we said this on Thursday with, uh, you know, issue four of Transformers. We're kind of seeing the same notes. So I'm, I'm wondering if he'll move it along. I almost feel like he's transitioning out of the book. I also feel like that. Yeah. I think it would have been too drastic for him to just leave outright after the first arc. It's too destabilizing so soon for a book they need to succeed. So I feel like this is a transition. (laughs) Is that a Transformers joke? Trans? No, no, not at all. I would never even dream of making a joke like that. Okay. So let's roll on out to the next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is just, it is what it is. I, I I didn't think he would be on for more than one arc, so sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is not 
on the slides, but I just wanted to acknowledge um, that yesterday, I don't know how you guys did it. You've gone the whole show without referencing this at all. I mean, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but yesterday was actually a big day, like an incredibly big day. Yesterday, we got El Muerto, the movie, January 12th. What? Um, Sean, if you oh. check our if you check our Twitter, I tweeted about it. <laughs> All right. Well, you're you're excused. I'm not on social media. I completely forgot. I have the new, you know, the the cinema pass. I should have gone to see it. Dang. Fucked up. Man. Marco, what's your excuse? Oh, uh, Bad Bunny is canceled. I can't I can't see that anymore. Oh, is Bad Bunny canceled? No, but he's Ben now, I think still. He's still with what's her face. So. Oh. All right. Well, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. No, he, he left the the Jenner. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I'm not caught up then on my Bad Bunny news. God. Yeah. Fake fan. Well, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What are you talking about? Kel is so confused. This show is fucking weird sometimes, and most of it comes from Marco. Um. Yeah. So remember that big movie that was supposed to happen that was announced two years ago? It didn't come out. El Muerto, DOA. Fuck this movie. I'm so glad it never happened. They need to do it with Lin-Manuel or Miranda instead. Oh, that sounds like death. And to make it a musical set in and the... That's what, it's, that's what it's called, John. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I met Lin-Manuel Miranda once? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Did he sing at you? No. No. We actually talked about rap music. Wait, did, you, did you give him the idea for Hamilton? <laughs> yes, I did. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> he lives very close to where I live, so um John gave or, him the idea for West Side Story. Yes, yes, that's what it was. I was very uh instrumental in helping him out. Uh yeah, so no El Muerto, thankfully, we're all better off for it. To everybody that was looking forward to that movie, you were wrong. Flat and out. And I'll say, I I I don't remember if I was on the episode, but I remember listening to it. The people on our podcast that were excited about this are gone. And I'm not saying that's connected. I'm not saying it's not. Wait, they weren't here. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. This was announced in 2022. Oh, no, they were. No, no, they weren't here. Yes, they were. I distinctly remember it. Hmm. Because Phil and Pete were excited about it. I wasn't excited about this. I, I, I remember were. talking about this, dude. Tyler was here already. There's no Are way. You sure, I'm a hundred percent because I loved the announcement. I was hyped yeah. for it. Yeah, I think you're thinking of me and Tyler liking yeah. this announcement. I'm positive, which Pete feels racist about this. Now, I don't trust your. Uh, I don't trust your your memory, frankly. <laughs> well, that's fair. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Your username is Boomer. You're losing it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. <laughs> That's not, you can't fit. That was given to me. Oh my God. Hey, wait a minute. All right. Let's talk about Tyler and I's favorite. Shit. Catherine says they weren't here too. So maybe I don't. Yeah, dude. They, maybe I'm wrong. You're in a time warp. Kale, All do you right. know where you are right now? Are you okay? Huh? <laughs> He's going to start screaming. Who are you? <laughs> you're my son. Ghost Rider is getting a facelift, or rather, I guess there'll be a new face under the skull because someone else will be Ghost Rider soon. Uh, there's the Ghost Rider Final Vengeance series coming in March. 
It's from Ben Percy, Danny Kim. But it stars none other than Parker Robbins, a.k.a. The Hood, as yeah. Ghost Rider. Let's go. I don't know if you checked out the Ghost Rider. It was like a, an annual. It was like a Halloween annual this year. Uh, it was a hood story. Um, it's on my list. Uh, so and I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, this is sick. I love this. And the hood is underused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude. The hood is awesome. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know why Marvel killed this character, and not like they didn't literally kill him, but like he's been off the board. If you read comics in the like mid Marvel comics in the mid to late two thousands and early twenty tens, the hood was like all over the place. I was almost hooded out. But yeah. this is a character that I love, and I'm so happy to see someone doing something compelling with him again. Yeah, for the past couple of years, I've felt like DMX, you know, asking where the hood at. But all right, all right. <laughs> some, some Yonkers humor for you. Um, I mean, we have him coming up in Ironheart. Is that confirmed? Right? Isn't he coming up in the the MCU Ironheart? If that ever if that ever, ever materializes, yeah. he, that that was the big. Yeah. Maybe we'll get lucky and they'll El Morito <laughs> Ironheart. You're more like a Batgirl, to be honest. Yeah. Well, Ironheart hasn't been filmed, right? It has. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, yeah. there I've seen the hood. Like you saw his costume. Like there's there's evidence of it. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. So it'll be a Batgirl. Cool. Yeah. Honestly, Holy once shit. Disney starts doing that for tax write-offs, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, this is really cool. I'm typically not a fan of. I kind of don't like like uh, identity swapping. I'm not a fan of that at all. The hood is the hood, Ghost Rider's Ghost Rider type deal. But because Parker Robbins has absolutely nothing else to do, and because I think Ghost Rider's super cool, I would love to see this melding, and I, I can't wait to see what comes of it. Ben Percy has been doing great work on yeah. Ghost Rider. This is hot. And, and it's <clears throat> still a continuation because this still has Johnny Blaze trying to figure out how the hell he's not Ghost Rider anymore. So hmm. storyline-wise, it makes sense. It's not just a, a, a taking over of the mantle. And also, Rob yeah, Ghost Rider well. as a villain sounds scary. You know, like, when he's not on the side of good. Yeah. Dude, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about. And in Incredible Hulk, uh, we saw the alternate Ghost Rider, the old Ghost Rider, who fights the Hulk to protect that kid. And he wasn't bad, but he was badass. And I was like, man, what if he was bad? What if there are other ghost writers that are bad? I don't know much about the lore. Mm. So the fact that we're getting that, but it, it's in canon, it's in continuity and it's part of the story and it makes sense. Dude, sign me the fuck up. I've been yeah. looking for a way into ghost writer. I gotta, I'm going to jump on this current writers real good, dude. Yeah. Sweet. Especially if you like that Wolverine book on Palace Poles. Like, it's it's kind of that yeah. realm. I mean, it's the same writer. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's also, like, yeah. a little violent, but not, like, gory. There's And there's a lot of one-and-done stories, too, which is nice. Yeah. This Ooh, is a lot. is hot. Yeah. Yeah. The, I don't know if it's the same cover artist who's been doing Ghost Rider, but whoever that is has been amazing. Yeah. It's not, Tyler? Uh, for this one, no. I think this is Danny Meeky on, on the cover for 
Final Vengeance, who is going to be the interior, I believe. Okay. Oh, 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 you're talking about the image you have up on the screen right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, I don't know if they're going to be keeping the same cover artist, but you're right. Whoever's doing cover for Ghost Rider currently, some pretty cool stuff on it. So these mm-hmm. covers were actually done by Juan Ferreira, the Ghost Rider oh, Final no. Vengeance covers. Okay. Yeah. So cool. I'm all in. This is going to be hot. I'm in. I'm in Perez in the chat says I'm being that guy, but doesn't feel that innovative to me. I don't think it's innovative. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, I just, as a fan of the hood, it's just cool. You're getting the hood. Yeah. Tyler's been asking where the hood at. Marvel said the hood's right here. You know? We got him. Don't worry. Yeah. We go and make him Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, you would think the writers chosen would have more evil ones. Why? Is it ghost? Vengeance in my eyes is a good thing. Like I don't know how to explain that. You know what I mean? Vengeance is good. Righteous vengeance. It comes from a point of avenging something. Like avenging a wrong. That's the way my mind thinks about it. Interesting. I see vengeance as more of a wrath scenario where it leans more toward maybe it's avenging a wrong, but it's taking it that extra step. So that makes it closer to evil. Like it's more angry than anything else? Yeah, it's done out of, done for the wrong reasons, I guess. Oh, I see. Okay. Irrespective of the outcome. Yeah. So there's the story, though, you know? I, yeah. I, I, I think that's compelling in and of itself. But yes, I, 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 think, I, I think a vengeance, revenge is neutral. Well, actually, I think of them as generally negative. But leaning neutral because it's your intent. You could want vengeance against yeah. someone you think wronged you, but you're actually the asshole, you know, in that yep. situation. Yep. Yep. Um, but either way, you know, I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait. And we will absolutely be reviewing this uh when this drops. Do we have a release date? Yes, we do. Uh well, we have a release date for yeah, March 13th. March 13th. So not too long to wait. Upcoming. Hell yeah. All right. Let's get into some fun. Let's let's have a good time. Well, I I know. (laughs) Um, Let's get into some fun. We've got a round of be the editor play because you guys smashed our likes goal. You killed it. You got us over where we were hoping to get. Um, And so we get to play a game. Be the editor. And this is not going to be exactly the same as it was last week. We've got a little bit of a, of a, of a twist on it this time around. So this week, we will assemble a creative team to take over one of these teams. The Justice League, the Avengers, the X-Men, or the Titans. Now, you can put your team together. We'll do seven characters That's bonus points. If you don't have thoughts on the characters, whatever. Bonus points if you've got a story in your mind. Here's the catch. The dice will determine which team you are building. So, here's Mm, how it'll work. Screw me over. I am going to roll my die. 
And the so so it'll work like this. The Avengers will represent a roll of one to three. So if you roll one through three, you're you're building the Avengers. Four through six, you're building the league, and so on and so forth. You get the point. Are they duplicates? Like if Kale gets Avengers, is that off the table then? We'll roll. Yeah, we'll roll again. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll, we will <laughs> each be drafting for a different group. So whoever rolls last doesn't get to roll. They just get whatever's left. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I will begin by rolling for, and, and I should also, well, I guess initiative. Yeah, we'll, we'll roll for initiative as well. Whatever, whatever, if whoever I roll for first is going first, I guess. Okay. So I'll, I'll roll for Tyler. Here we go. That is a four. So Tyler gets the Justice League. Oh, I thought we were rolling to see who goes first because then you just. Because then just whoever you pick just gets whatever was left. Do you know what I mean? Wait, I think Sean froze. No, I didn't freeze. I'm listening to you. I don't oh. know what you mean. Oh. <laughs> because if, if you just pick me to roll first, um, whoever you pick last just gets the leftovers. So I was thinking if we roll once to pick who goes in the order, then that decides who gets the last one. Okay. So uh, I will I'll, – I'll, I'll re-roll then, and I'll roll for Tyler. Okay. That's a four. It's the okay. exact same. <laughs> uh, I'll roll for myself. That's a nine. I'll roll for Kale. That is an eight. Sorry, you guys can't even see that. I don't even know how to – and I'll roll for Marco. Whoops, that fell off. I'll roll for Marco. That is a ten. Let's go. Okay, so I get the I get the yeah sloppy seconds. Cool. All right, so now I will roll for Marco's team. I bet I'm gonna get a seven. Okay. That is a five. So Marco is drafting the Justice League. Oh, okay. I will roll for myself. That is a seven. So I oh fuck oh no 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 I'm good I'm drafting uh the x-men because one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve so i'm drafting okay. the x-men kale's drafting oh that's a seven as well re-roll that is a four so that would have been justice league right that's a six. Oh my god help me <laughs> dice please that is a nine so you are drafting for the titans that is literally perfect so and I so guess exactly Avengers. You get the Avengers. Oh hell yeah! Okay. <clears throat> so can what are we, what are we putting together here? You are putting together the creative team. That is the okay. stated agenda. Yeah. Bonus to you if you can put together a team of characters and some sort of loose plot. Okay. Everybody on the same page. Any I think questions? we all got the teams we would have wanted. Pretty much. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I, I, I think I might have preferred the Avengers. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so I mean, Marco is Marco is is up. He's thinking, and he is. He's not just thinking. He's writing. Yeah, I see the steam coming out of his head. It's all in that hat. That hat's gonna start billowing up. C.W. Gordon says this new segment is amazing. I'm glad you feel that way. Definitely want to hear feedback on the segment. As Marco writes his magnum opus. Damn, I got okay. I, I know for lettering for sure, Hassan Otsman Elhow. I love how dynamic he is. I love that kind of stuff. 
you know what? Who just freed up from an art standpoint? My boy Daniel Warren Johnson. I don't think and, it needs to be free. These aren't free agents we're taking. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to figure out the the writer. Like, who who do I want? What kind of story do I want this person to tell? Um, I was gonna go with Jeff. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I, I don't know if it'd be good. But we've seen that. Pulling back a little bit more, I was gonna say Len Wein. Does it have to have to be current and like alive? No. no. Wow. I'm gonna say Len Wein because he got the stories, he got classics, he can he can he can output good character dynamics coupled with Daniel Warren Johnson's dynamic art, coupled with Hassan's just flexible uh, lettering. Um, Mike Spicer on colors, obviously, <clears throat> and then the team is gonna be uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, easy enough, Aquaman for sure, Flash. Martian Manhunter. I wanted someone magic, just because I think that covers off an interesting base. And I was going to go with um, Fate. I've had... Who? Dr. Fate. Oh, Fate. Okay. I thought you were picking Fate, the 90s one. Oh, I don't know what that is. Tyler, Tyler heard feet and got excited. <laughs> yeah, word, dude. <laughs> and the the plot there was going to be uh, something a little offbeat and wacky, almost like Doom Patrol-esque. Um, they get teleported into uh, an alternate dimension, and they have to save the, the worlds on that uh, within that plane of existence in order to come back to prevent an attack uh, from dark side dark sides you know we're going to come back and we're going to beat beat them but they have to learn how to be a team in this new universe to save the 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 the, the whatever worlds of this plane um, so they can go back and earn their place uh, on earth interesting i like it Keep Marco's uh, pitch in your mind. I am next. So I got the X-Men. Um, man, this is this is tough. I So I what I want to do is I want it to take place now. Like Fall of X, everything else happens. I'm booking the next era of X-Men. It's written by Gail Simone. Absolutely not. Just not in my not in my scenario. Just because. Uh, so I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jeff Johns, and I'm gonna go with Jim Lee. Ooh, just to bring it back to that. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with Jim Lee because I believe that that creative team could do almost a million copies. What's the story and what's the team? So I want a back to basics story. Because that's where we're going. But I also want it to reflect what they just went through. So to me, this is a story about rebuilding the team and family of the X-Men after being broken by whatever is going to happen at the end of the the Krakoan age. Um, I want a villainous Magneto, which I think we're getting either way. And I want it to be sad now because Professor Xavier 
remembers what happened and he remembers the depth of their friendship and he remembers what it was like to be on Magneto's team. And Magneto is the same dude he was before. He doesn't remember being that way. He doesn't remember Krakoa. He's just bad. And it's a back to basics, classic X-Men story, brotherhood of evil mutants versus a core X-Men team of Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Surge. I'm if I'm booking an a, a, an X Men team, I'm putting Surge on that fucking team. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Um, I would also want to put Sync on the team. I would also want to put Storm on the team and Colossus. That's my seven. It's the most diverse the X Men's been. <laughs> well, you know. So keep my pitch in mind. That's that's what I had. Kale is up leader? with the Justice League. Wait, Sean, before we go to Kale. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's your, I have Titans. Who, Titans, I'm sorry. Who's your team leader, Sean? Just so I... Cyclops. Okay. Duh. I like that. I like um, that. Can we... We can't use the same creative team? You can do whatever you want. Oh, you can't. Okay, great. Yeah. Tremendous. Uh, okay, so this probably won't surprise anyone, but for me, the best the Titans have been since... The 70s, the 70s and 80s is with Jeff Johns. Um, so my writer is going to be Jeff Johns. Uh, my artist, I'm just going for a personal preference here. It's going to be Pepe Laraz. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, for colors, I'm going to take Matt Wilson. And then uh, letters, I'm doing Hassan. Uh, my roster will be basically post-crisis Teen Titans, sort of that era that didn't get to finish uh, or didn't get to finish in a, in a satisfying way. We've got uh, Tim Drake. We've got uh, Connor Kent, Superboy. We've got Kid, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, Rose Wilson, and also Beast Boy and Raven. Uh, so that's my seven. My storyline is a Valentine's Day special. Oh. Uh, so this, uh, and up, up to, up to my preferred point, all of these characters will be in a relationship somehow, either with each other or with people from the outside. Cool. Uh, they, uh, and also I want to point out similarly X-Men, these are all teenagers who live in a building in close quarters. Shit's going to be horny. It just is. Jeff Johns will be better at it, but you know, work with me here. These these characters get sucked into a battle world scenario where the couples are mixed away from each other. Mm. So Beast Boy and Raven are together. They get sucked into a portal in different directions. So now, for example, Robin and Raven are in uh, a battle world together. And the idea is that uh, they have to fight temptation uh, because, you know, in these scenarios, they're sort of long, dri long uh, uh, driven, you know, where they they're together for a long time. Um, and so they have to fight temptation sort of between each other or they're testing their fidelity, you know, to their partner. And they have to fight to get their way back home. So they're either getting back to the way things were or they're going back to a new scenario. 
and a new status quo. That's, I like that a lot. Really good. The, the romance stuff, that you got to have that slice of life. Real good. Yep. Now that I'm more initiated with the Titans, too, like that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Avengers time? Yeah. So he's he, I'm bringing him back to Marvel. So writing Avengers is Rick Remender. And he's bringing his boy, Mateo Sclera and Dean White with him. We're getting the Black Science team. And Rick Remender is finally going to tackle his loose plot thread of Ultron Hank Pym that he brought up in Rage mm. of Ultron. Um, so this is going to be a high sci-fi Avengers team t- taking it to Ultron and going through all these different uh, 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 kind of worlds. I think I want to touch the father again from like Uncanny X-Force. I want to touch on these things, the, the Rick Remender story threads that nobody's really picked up since. Um, so Hank Pym Ultron will be the antagonist. Uh, but my team is going to be Steve Rogers leading it. Photon thinking, uh, 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 well, Steve Rogers thinking he's leading it, Photon leading it, um, with Beast and Wonder Man. Got to have a little bromance there. Tigra and Moon Knight as well. I have a little bit of a, 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 a loose cannon there with Moon Knight. And I want Nico Minoro to be the POV character. Hmm kind of fully stepping up as a full-on Avenger and also coming into her own as, like, the mystical side of things. Um, I want them to touch on uh, some more of the Captain Britain core that's kind of a little obtuse right now. Um, there's just so many recommender stories, like the, the, the apocalypse stuff they could even touch on, but I, I want it to be mostly, like, who is Hank Pym? Why is he bad? What's going on? Who's Ultron? Uh, and that. And give me a, a Jerome Pena covers. No vision. No vision. No. Oh. That's the, the vision for this is a no vision. I want like a good, like I feel like every Hank Pym story has to be about vision. It has to be about, you know, all like, of that. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, well, because he, he just performs domestic abuse uh, and other ones. Um, but yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. I, I, dude, I wanted to go with Rick too, but I'm like, Rick on X-Men, we've kind of been there, oh. done that. But I, but. And in it, we finally get introduced to who the hell Hope Van Dyne is in the Marvel comics. Now I think you're biting off a little more than you can chew, but that's all right. <laughs> so those are our pitches. Remember, Marco had the Justice League. I had the X-Men. Kale had the Titans. And Tyler had the Avengers. So who do you think won this edition of Be the Editor. I saw Kale jump up to 100% immediately. Whoa. <laughs> I, and that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Hands off. Hands off. Hands off. That wasn't is, me. Is Jeff John's watching right now? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I was trying to do that. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy to just be able to, like, ask him, like, okay, so what was the real plan behind X? And just, just have that conversation about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty pretty fun to hear those kinds of stories. Uh, Atomic Hound says, I always love the contrast between Kitty and Tara, and I'm pretty sure that came from yeah. those lunches. Oh, in reference yeah. to the Wolfman Claremont lunches, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I see I see things changing. I see I see Kale's not quite winning anymore. Marco getting a little love. Let's Get go. your votes in. Get your votes in. 
I want to remind you guys that we are over on patreon.com slash the comics pals where you can uh, vote with your wallet that you want more of what we do here, that you enjoy what we do. There is a whole host of material over there that you haven't checked out. If you're a fan of ours, it's been a while that we've had the Patreon up. So, you know, just dozens of newsletter entries between the four of us palling arounds. You get a nickname and a shout out on the show. What more could you ask for? So hit us up over there if you uh if you're so inclined. Channel members, thank you all so much. Love to see the green names in the chat. Hope you're still enjoying your early access to videos like Atomic Hound did. He left us a comment on our most recent channel member video. You guys get the emojis and all that cool stuff. Thank you to everybody that watches. Uh, tune in every Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. on Thursdays for Pals Pulls. Uh, make sure that you join us for our Dark Knight Returns book club, which is live January 30th. Can't wait to hang out with you guys for that. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Man, uh, Roboters in the chat. X-Men with Peter Milligan. Nice. Brian Boland. The team is Cyclops, Gene, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Gambit, Rouge, Key Pride. It's a riff on Days of Future Past. Okay. All right. Good stuff. You say Rouge? Rouge. Rouge. <laughs> oh, Rogue. That it's well known. Extra French multiversal. <laughs> what rogue. the fuck? Wait, was it misspelled or did you just say Rouge? <laughs> I, I, I said no, Rouge. he just said Rouge. He said Rouge. <laughs> that well known oh X Men character, Rouge. Gambit and Rouge. Yeah, doesn't have a it doesn't have a, a hint of red on her rouge. Yeah, her her mutant ability is just to give people a nice <laughs> red cheek. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this poll is is a literal landslide. There's no reason to even wait. Oh, Kale damn. wins seventy five percent. Oh, wow! Kale, Kale's cucks coming into play there. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Okay, Marco. Myself and Tyler all tied for twelve for eight percent of the vote. <laughs> wow, Kale got seventy five percent of it. Damn, which doesn't sound no. That's math. Yeah, that's math. does that yeah. is that bad for Titans currently that people are craving a different story? <laughs> I think I think Kale just tapped into what it is that people like about Titans. Yeah, Titans. Yeah, and I, 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 Raz, I, Yep. I but yeah, Pepe Laraz too. I mean, come on. But also, I think that's what people were there for for X Men too. I think those those two titles very specifically, uh, and maybe alongside Legion, Hound can probably correct me on that. There's a lot those those romance plots and the um, you know the sort of uh, relationship dynamic plots in those books are I think I, I think they're well missed. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree, and neither does the chat because they voted with you uh, almost entirely. Hardy. So thank you guys for voting. Always appreciate your participation. If you enjoy this segment, this game, let us know. Uh, it helps us know what more you guys want to see us do, of course. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us today. Appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed. Like the video on your way out. We appreciate you guys. We love you. We will see you in the next one. The next time we'll be live with you is Thursday, 6 p.m. for Pals Bulls. Want to see you there. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week.